0: It's, it's funny how sometimes the unbeliever will believe what God is going to do before the believer will believe. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for, for when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and, and Og, "...whom you utterly destroyed, as soon as they heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above on the earth. Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token." And spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have. And deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, our lives for yours is is none of your business. Is none this business of ours. And it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the wall, and she said to them, Get to the mountain, lest pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterward, you may go there. So when the men said to her, We will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window, though which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brother, and all your father's household to your own home, shall it be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head. And we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on the head of the hands that laid on him. And you shall tell... Tell this business of ours, then we will be free from the oath which was made to swear. Then she said, according to your words, so will be it done. And she sent them on the way, and they departed and abound in the scarlet cord in the window. They departed and went out from the mountain and stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. The pursuers sought them along the way, but did not find them. So the two men returned, descended from the mountain, and crossed over. And they came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all that had befallen them. And they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands, for indeed all of the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of this. So we see this is a portion of Scripture that takes place early in the leadership uh, of Joshua. He sends uh, spies over to the land which the Lord had promised the nation of Israel, and when uh, they had gotten there, they had uh, run into uh, uh, a lady by the name of Rahab, who was a harlot. And I know the first thing I thought is like, well, what are the what are the people of God and the nation of Israel? Well, how are they first person they run into is a harlot? So I did some studies to figure out what they were doing there by studies i mean i googled it um <laughs> you can find out a lot just you know go from one link to where it sends you it says the reason for that was because jet the rahab might have been an inn owner which was also a brothel and this was common in that time that they would have what we would call a motel, and they would be running a brothel out of it, but it would be common for people to come not knowing that uh, and possibly stay there, which is pretty much close to what today's motels basically uh, are in some areas, <laughs> neighborhoods. But anyway, that's why that they were there. And this was in Jericho, which would be one of the early, uh, earliest battles uh, of Joshua. This is where... We know that God says to march around the walls uh, seven times, and, and, and when they did that, the, we know that the walls had crumbled and God had given them the city. And this is where it was. It also becomes one of uh, one of the the largest and, and 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 busiest cities of the time. We also know that because of where Rahab was, that uh, she was a Canaanite. And a Canaanite was was a natural enemy of the people of God because they were the inhabitants of of this area that that was promised to the nation of Israel to overtake. And what I always find and what I've mentioned in in weeks prior is that just because God has promised you something does not mean that there's going to be a battle or a fight. And just because God has promised to do something or give you something doesn't mean that there's going to be a process. So even though that this was the promise of God and something that was theirs, they were still going to have to defeat uh, many, many enemies to take the land which God had promised them but he promised that victory would be theirs. And I wonder how many times we forfeit promises of God because we're afraid to fight. How many times that we forfeit promises because when we get to close, we just give up right before the end. Or we, or we think, man, that, that, that process is too difficult and too long. How many people don't even try because they figure there's no way that could be mine? And yet we give up promises of the Lord, and then we blame God. So we know that the Lord had established this as a place that was going to be theirs. And they were going to spy out the land, and they were going to bring back the report to Joshua, and they brought back a good report. I remember when Joshua was also sent out at a younger age, um, uh, earlier... When there were spies sent out, when he was with Moses, the report also came back that the land was flowing with milk and honey and that this was going to be a good land. But if you remember then, too, also, there was always doubters and naysayers. There was always people that were filled with unbelief all the way up until the, uh, until this time still. We know that they wandered in the desert for 40 years and they, they complained and they murmured and they saw miracles and God do all these great things. Yet they still did not believe. But if we look at the enemies here. The lady says, Listen, we're all shook. Rahab tells them, Listen, we are shook right now because we know that your God is the God, the God of all gods, and the Lord of all lords, and that He has promised this to you. And we know that you're coming in to take this from us. And isn't that ironic and funny that the enemy is had more faith than sometimes the people of God? The enemy knows. That you're his. The enemy knows what God has promised you. And the enemy knows that his time is limited. But he also knows at times that we're weak in faith and that we're weak, weak in in, 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 in and we struggle with unbelief and trust. And sometimes we look at the enemy and we think it's so big and the challenges in front of us. And we have a hard time believing that God has something good for us. But it's funny how the enemy knew. And it's it's also ironic how the enemy also knows what God has promised you and has for you. And he knows that his time is limited. He knows that if you step into the authority that God has given you, that you will obtain everything that the Lord has promised you. So we see that she was a Canaanite. So she was born uh, already to a people that were the enemy of God. She did not have a good beginning here. We understand that because she was a harlot by choice, she was an immoral person and bad behavior. So she was born with the challenge of being a Canaanite, being an enemy of God's people at this moment. We also know that because of her choices, that she was living wrong and living a life that was against the will and the purpose of God. And we also know that she was a liar, there's a couple things that are against this woman. I mean, as, 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 as we look at this story, even in the things that she seemed to do right, I'm going to explain to you briefly now why even what she did right was wrong. If you just look at it. You know, she was a liar. If we go to the verse 4, you don't have to go there. It says she took the, the, the in, that, in verse 4, she took the men and she hid them and then she lied about where they were. I mean, we can get super spiritual and get super self-righteous and say, well, she lied, and that's bad. And and that's true. She did. She lied. So here she is. She's a Canaanite, and she's a harlot, and she's a liar. And then we go a little bit further, and we say, well, why did she lie? say, oh, she lied to protect the people of God and, 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 and God's people. Well, maybe But really, if you look at it, she really lied because she wanted to save her own skin and her family. She says, listen, because I've shown kindness to you. I mean, I read it to you. You can read it again. Because I've shown kindness to you, this is what I want from you. So basically, listen, this is the deal. I did this for you, and I need you to do this for me. So not only was she a harlot, not only was she a Canaanite, not only was she a liar... But she also had selfish ambitions, and she was also obviously a manipulator, and a, and obviously she had some game. And she was trying to set herself up right by doing whatever means necessary. This woman wasn't starting out in a good place. She, she didn't have a, a, a history of being righteous. She did not have a history of being a good person or being a godly person. But I'm here to tell you today, it is not how you start, but it's how you finish. That if you look over your life, and even as, as early as today, you can probably say, man, my resume doesn't look so good sometimes. You might say, maybe I I don't come from the best family or 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 I haven't made the best decisions in my life, or 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 maybe some of the things that I, I like to do are, are contrary to the word of God. And and you look at yourself and you say, Man, I can't come to the Lord, or, or or I can't be accepted by God, or or I can't be used by God because I have all these things against me. But I'm here to tell you today that it does not matter matter where you start. It does not matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what family you were raised up in. It doesn't matter the color of your skin or your nationality. When the hand of God is on your life and God has promised you and you receive the promises of God and you walk in the authority that God has given you, all things are possible. Where you start does not matter. What your resume does not matter. What happened last year and yesterday does not matter. That's why the title of my message that I forgot to share with you is The Place We Begin. The Place We Begin. Because we can see at the beginning of this woman, there was nothing really fancy about her. There was nothing really that would make you think, man, this this, this is someone God is just going to use. You know, and if you just would have read this portion of scripture or when I read it, I would have said, oh, it's a nice story. It's good. And, you know, to be mentioned in scripture, obviously, that's wonderful. But if you look over, and because of time, we're not going to go there right now, in, uh, in, in the book of James, she's also mentioned again that she was a woman of faith and that her, because of her faith, she was found righteous. And I find that odd because everything I see in the natural, other than her hiding these men, seems like she hasn't really done much of anything really good. Because even in our hiding these men, there was wrong motives. Did you ever hear people say, and I'm sure you've probably said it yourself, well, God knows my heart? I don't say that anymore because sometimes our heart ain't right. And sometimes our, our heart is, is so manipulative. You know your heart can fool yourself? You, you can lie to yourself and believe a lie because of the wickedness of our hearts. You say, Brother Paul, our hearts aren't wicked. Well, the book of Jeremiah says it is. That is the most wicked. So sometimes it's good that God doesn't judge us by our heart. Because sometimes our heart could even be manipulative. And our heart could have bad intentions. Well, what do you mean? A lot of people, and probably most people, if not close to all people, that come through the doors of this Ministry of Teen Challenge, including myself. The first motivation generally isn't because you just want to love on Jesus and do the right thing in your life. The first motivation is to get yourself out of a jam. So you come and you surrender your life to Jesus and and you do this wonderful, wonderful thing. You confess him as your Lord and Savior and something happens inside your your spirit and it comes alive. And you become a son or daughter of God and it is the most wonderful thing in the world. But if we look back to when we first got saved, you could probably say, man, why, why, why was I coming to Jesus? Was I coming to Jesus because I wanted to surrender all and just give my life to God? I mean, maybe some people do. But I would have to say many of us come in a time of trouble. We come in a time of maybe brokenness or a broken heart. We come into a time where maybe life just seems to be too much or unmanageable. I'm not saying everybody does that, but I would say a lot of people because even people that grow up in the church and in, things of, in the things of God stray away sometimes, but what brings them back? Generally, something in their life, generally, that has gone wrong. So really, the motivation sometimes to even come to Jesus isn't pure. Sometimes it's just because, Lord, for a guy like me, it's like, I can't stay out of jail. I can't stop spending every dollar I get on drugs My family wants nothing to do with me. I have no place to live. This would be a good time for for you to help me fix my life. And we come to God to fix things for us. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, has anyone ever come to God to fix things for him? You know? And that's the motivation of our heart. But you know the something that's great about the Lord? Is that even with that, he'll take you. (laughs) Even with that. It's like, and then you don't realize how off you, or I didn't realize how off I was Till later on I look back and I say, God, man, like, I was so ungenuine and so, so, so really, really not in this thing for the right reasons. When I, when I crawled into the doors of Teen Challenge, I just wanted my life fixed. And yet he took me anyway. and he planted uh, the seed of himself in my heart and it began to grow and you begin to mature and you begin to get discernment and revelation into things and understand the lord and the word and your own behavior and the own your own human condition and things change and then your relationship with 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 the Lord changes. I mean, it's kinda like in some ways, like relationships with, with people. And you know, you know, you, you, you start a dating relationship and you're you're fiery in love. But but part of the reason why you're in you're in this relationship, let's be honest, is because you're enjoying yourself. You're liking the company of the person, you're 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 liking all the endorphins that, that 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 go off when you're falling in love. And and you like the fact that someone likes you like, I mean, someone actually thinks you're OK. And it's like, wow, man, I, I found someone that I was able to fool enough. That they actually think I'm OK, <laughs> you know. And so, like, you're enjoying the intention. You don't look at a person and generally say before you meet them or they're doing anything for you is, you know what? I just want to do their laundry and clean their house. And I, you know, I just want to go to work. I just see that person over there, and I just want to go to work every single day and just give my paycheck to that person. You don't say that. You don't do that. (laughs) That's what winds up happening. but, But, I mean, you enter into this relationship because of sometimes, like, I mean, I mean, not that I'm not as in love today as I was the first day I met my wife, if she's watching. But the reality is, as the relationship changes and it becomes more mature, you start to do things out of a deeper love, a real love that isn't as self-serving. Does that make sense? And now the love becomes sacrificial. And, and you're, you're good with that because that's your expression of love. But when you first come to Jesus, generally your love is not sacrificial for the Lord. Generally your love for the Lord, if you're anything like me, is like, what can you do for me, Lord? How can you fix this life? How, how can you make me better? How can, you, how can you, you help me stop doing drugs? And we come to God like that for our, for our own needs, and he accepts us. And he receives us. So Rahab did not have good behavior. And she did not have good motives. And she was a liar. And she was living a life as a harlot and making her living and her money. uh, Doing things that are contrary to the word of God. But yet, for some reason, she's not only mentioned here. But then she's mentioned again and bragged on later in the New Testament. Which leads me to be men. God will sometimes mess your thinking up. Like, God, God, God will bless the person that everyone else thinks shouldn't be blessed. And God will save the person that everybody else thinks shouldn't. Sh- see, God will mess your thinking up. Like when, when you think that you figured out how God works, he does things a little bit different. I mean, I, how many people have you looked at and say, man, I never thought in a million years that person would, would get blessed like the way that God has blessed them. And I don't really understand. Or you look at a person who seemingly does has done the right thing their whole entire life, and you see they're, they're going through a struggle or going through, something that's just just, uh, just terrible and you're like, man, that person doesn't deserve that to happen or, or that person deserves to be blessed and, and God will mess you up because with the way he thinks about people and things and situations and thinks about you is totally different than you would probably think about you. And we, we try to judge God and what he's going to do and what he thinks on our minimal experience of understanding him through reading the word a little bit, for prayer. But you can spend a whole lifetime uh, after the Lord and seeking God, and he will still do things to you that don't make sense to you, but it makes perfect sense to him because if it didn't, he wouldn't do it. I even think about the fact that I'm standing up here right now. You know, there's a lot of uh, in my family, there's, there's there's lines of pastors on my uh, on my on my grandmother's side of the family. And 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 and, you know, there's a lot of good good people in my family there's 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 a lot of people that have done a lot of good things and you know you know went to school and got good grades and you know have families and are good 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 people and you would think out of my family you know and their parents stayed together and they had good teaching and they just had a wonderful 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 life and you would think God would say, this is who I'm going to use, and this is who I'm going to choose. But for some crazy reason, God took this person and dragged them off of the street, out of the pits of hell, the one who had a, came up in a broken family, uh, parents addicted to drugs, him addicted to drugs. And he says, no, this is the one that I'm going to use out of the family, the one that nobody thinks God would, would would use. He's the last person. I mean, he doesn't have a father and he, he doesn't come from anything good. And and, and he isn't that smart. And, and and and, you know, he really doesn't. He's he's a liar and a thief and, and, and he likes to party and he likes to do these things. God won't use him. He'll use the good one. But in God's thinking, he will mess you up. How many people are glad that God doesn't choose the same way people may choose because some of you are really lucky and blessed that he chose you instead of someone else that he probably on paper should have chose. But he chose you. And he chose Rehab. Why? The only thing that Rehab had, the only thing I could find that made her Special in any way or usable by God or, 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 or praiseworthy in any way was that she had faith and belief. The Bible says, Hebrews 11, chapter 6, that but without faith, it is impossible to please God. But to come to God, you must believe he exists, that he rewards those that diligently seek him. Now, look at this scripture. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. So, like, you can have a lot of other good stuff going on, but if you don't have faith, you don't please God. So you can also have a lot of bad stuff going on, but if you have belief and faith, God will accept that. That's why we see people in the Bible, I mean, I mean, most of the people that God used had some serious flaws and mess-ups in their life. Amen? I mean, Abraham... In Genesis chapter 5, 6, it says, and Abraham believed in the Lord and it accounted as him as righteousness. He didn't look at his great, you know, great uh, attributes and his, his his great behavior and, you know, how good of a leader he was. The Lord accounted his f- faith and belief in him as righteousness. And that's what he did to Rahab. He looked at Rahab and and he didn't look at all the things in the past. He didn't look at all the, the bad decisions and the mistakes. But what he saw was faith and belief. And we know that because she went to these two spies and said, Listen, I know your God. She said, Your God is the God of Israel. Your God is the one that took you over there, th- through the red sea your god is the god that saved you out of egypt so even with all of that stuff going on she had that she had that and where am i going with that here's the place where you begin folks you don't begin with great resumes. You don't. You don't. You don't begin with acc- accolades and great choices and banners that you can hang up or trophies or awards. You start at a place of faith and you start at a place of belief. And for some of us. We'd rather put up our accolades and we'd rather put up the things we've accomplished in the flesh. But God says, I'm not concerned about that. What God says to us is, please, just come as you are. Please, just come as you are. You know, when I first wrote that point down, I, I, I wrote, just come as you are. But then as I was re- reading a pray over it, I says, "Nah, God doesn't say Just come as you are. He says, please just come as you are. Don't bring all that other stuff. Don't bring your accolades. Don't bring, you know, your failures. Don't bring all of that stuff because I'm not going to start there. We don't begin there. Where we begin is at a place of belief. So you can forget about your image, whether it was good or bad. Forget about it. You can forget about your form of religion and what you've done in, in the name of religion, forget about that. He doesn't care about that. You can forget about whether you're pleasing people or not. You can forget about that. God's not concerned about that. He's not concerned. You have to start with faith and belief that he is God and that he will reward those that diligently seek him regardless of what your past looks like, and by past, I mean earlier before service, past. Regardless of what baggage you walked in here with, regardless of what anxieties you're carrying in your mind, which stress you have, forget about that. That's not what you bring to the Lord. What you bring to the Lord is a simple thing, faith. And Jesus said this. He says, all have a measure of faith, which means that you can't say I don't have enough faith to come to the Lord. Because he says, all have been given a measure of faith. So you have faith. Forget about your failures of the past. Forget about them. Forget about your mistakes and why you think you're not good enough and why you're not qualified. Forget about that. But more importantly than forgetting about your failures, please Forget about your successes, because your successes in your mind and your heart will get you more jacked up than your failures. Because you know what? Brokenness over your failures is better than pride over your successes. So forget about it. Just come as you are, 100% as you are before the Lord. That's where we begin you say, well, where do we go from there? Where do I go? Here's where you go. And this is, this is the people say, Pastor Paul, I don't know what to do. I said, well, just start. Give your heart to the Lord and just, just start right there. Just put your faith in Jesus. Don't worry about all the other stuff. Don't worry about how you're going to talk and how you're going to dress and I don't fit in. Just put your faith in Jesus and he'll do the rest. And where do I go from there? Just do the next right thing. Just do the next right thing. It's not that complicated. Just do the next right thing. If you are not moving forward, you will always move backwards. You can start with faith, but your works will eventually follow if your faith is genuine. Start with faith. Start with faith. And then just do the next right thing. Number three, let God tell your story the way he wants to. You know, I know as, as being a person that has shared your, my testimony before and we heard some of these gentlemen and we always think of ways to, to, to tell it and how we want to portray our story. And sometimes I think that we we, we we rob God from the truth of our testimony. I know sometimes we only want to show certain parts or we don't want to get too too deep into things, or we don't really want people to know how wretched or how bad we are. But let God tell your story the way he wants to. It may not be pretty. It may not be perfect. But it's your story, and he wants to tell it through you. Don't be embarrassed of the past. Don't get caught up on image. I mean, Rahab could have could have looked and said, you know, I can never do anything good. I could never be anyone or I, I could never please God because I'm a liar and you know I'm a harlot and, and I'm this and I'm that and, and I have bad intentions and I'm a manipulator and all these things. And she could have said, you know what? What's the sense of me even hiding or doing God's work because I have all this other stuff going on? Your life ain't pretty. And it, and it may be parts that you're even embarrassed about but i'm here to tell you let god tell your story his way god will never bless the person that you pretend to be and when we come to church i know we all want to get cleaned up and we all want to get prettied up and we want we want we think that we have to portray this certain image and and we and we have to you know uh, it, sometimes it, it's so crazy to me because sometimes church is the most judgmental, insincere place you could be. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I've been around church my entire life, and, and I, I'm telling you, it's sometimes, I mean, the place where you should be able to be out in the open about really everything that's going on is the, the, the place where people feel have, like they have to protect themselves. Isn't it, isn't it true, Pastor Gary? It's true. And it's a shame. And it's a shame, and, y- and it's all of our faults, because we're so judgmental and critical at times. But this should be the place where we come, and we're, we're genuine, and we're real, and we can talk to people about our struggles, and we, could, we can get uh, counsel from people and encouragement that's why it's so important to have uh, accountability partners and people that, sh- that you can talk to and say, you know, I struggled with this or, 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 or this, this, is, this has been a problem for me. Be genuine. Don't pretend to be something you're not. God is not worried about your past reputation. God is not even worried about your bad decisions. He wasn't worried about, oh, I can't use Rahab because she's a harlot. Oh, I can't use, she has bad intentions. No, he said, I'll still use her, and God will still use you. God isn't worried about your prior decisions. God isn't even worried about your past behavior. He can look past that. If you'll just do one thing, believe in him. Close the 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 worship team can come up. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And this is where we begin. I don't care why begin, I don't mean this is. Where we begin like, for some of you, I'm not just speaking to the unsaved. And this, this is evangelistical message. And it is. But the reality of it is, I'm talking to everybody. Is this is where we begin at a place of faith in God. And a, and, and a belief in God that he is who he says he is. That, that you could you can take, this is where we begin with your problem, with your financial problem. You don't have to have the answers. You just got to be at a place where you believe that God can do it. This is where you come with where your health issues, where, where, where you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have a, 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 a medical plan and a strategy to get well. You just have to start at the place of faith and say, God, I believe you. I know who you, you, you are, and, and I believe that who you say you are, you are. Just like Rahab said, listen, I know your God. He's the God of Israel, and he's the one that took you guys out of Egypt, and he's the one that's sending you in here to overtake this place, and I need protection because I believe. And as soon as she did that, God said, it's counted as righteousness to her because she believes in me. So if you're, if you're overburdened with guilt and shame today and problems like we all have, the place you begin is just in belief in him. He can fix it. He can do it. He loves you and he wants to do it. I'm talking to the person that has fallen a hundred times from the same thing. You don't have to start at cleaning up to come to him. You just have to come to him. Because even a harlot can say he's the God of Israel and he's the one that can do it and he's the one that's rescued his people. And he'll be counted as righteousness. Come as you are. Please just come as you are. Forget about the facade. Forget about all the things that you think you're supposed to be or how your story is supposed to look. Just come at a place of faith. Let us stand.